Welcome to Make It Human. Hello, my name is Danielle. And I'm Paul. And we are your hosts today. So this is the first part in three, where we're going to be talking about climate change and sustainability. What do these words mean? What are these issues? What do we have to do with them? There's all these actors in this complex web of relationships. We have scientists, we have students, we have consumers, we have producers, corporate powers, we have lawmakers. All these different actors interacting and responding and looking at climate change in different ways. Mm. And it, the issue comes across, and it is extremely complex and vast because, uh, because of all of the actors that are within the situation. And so um, to start off this series, we are beginning with the ASI presidential candidates. We are interviewing them regarding their their opinions and their action plans for um, tackling campus sustainability for Cal Poly if they were to be elected. So we're starting with Cal Poly as our, our first sphere of influence, our first network. As students, are the, the person that's supposed to be representing the student voice is the ASI president. That's what, that's what they tell us, at least. And that's what these candidates have told us, too. They're, they're all trying to advocate for the student perspective. So we thought we'd ask them, how do you feel about climate change? What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And we believe that this is important, considering that most of our audience is Cal Poly students. There are peers, and uh, Paul and I are Cal Poly students. Um, we believe that just as Cal Polyans, as students that will soon to be entering the world, we should know about Cal Polynesians. Cal Poly- oh, the, I like that one. Um, we should know about how to tackle this huge and complicated issue that we're presented with of climate change within our own community. And why does this need to be made human? Because it's extremely complicated. Right. Wait, I mean... As we'll explore over the next three episodes, we'll learn about this complex web of all these people, all these different people that have different things to say about climate change. Mm-hmm. And advocating for different sorts of narratives regarding this, telling different stories. What's important and what's not. Right. What's going to happen in 7 to 12 years? What's going to happen in 50 years? Or what's never going to happen? And as humans, I think a lot of times we sort of have these quick and fast judgments that we make about things. We decide if something's important and not important. But to truly make it human, to humanize the issue of climate change and to humanize all these actors, we've got to break this down. We've got to look at each, each little piece. What do all these voices have to say? What are the stories that they're telling us? And we'll start with the stories of these three candidates. Well, I found the study. Um, so... I don't know. If you, have you ever heard of consensus on consensus? A synthesis of consensus. Consent. Oh my gosh, that's a tongue twister. A synthesis of consensus estimates on human caused global warming. What journal? Environmental Research Letters. Nice. Based on. Uh, is it really that that much? Uh, Eleven thousand nine hundred forty-four abstract abstracts of research papers of which 4014 took a position on the cause of recent global warming a survey of authors proposed those papers and 2412 papers also supported a 97 percent consensus an n of 2000 mm-hmm. that's pretty good yeah so 
it's a consensus that climate change is a thing climate change is real so we know that and yet it is still being presented as this issue where we're still trying to decide if it's real and that it's almost too hard to understand for any of us to understand Mm -hmm. it's too hard all we can do is use a paper straw oh yeah right (laughs) we have three presidential candidates for the associated students of cal poly first we have alex byers cal poly freshman and journalism major i won't back down from doing the right thing Mm. um and I, i think about this in my friendships too like if there's a friendship that's not working for me i'm i'm not gonna like hold back and say like oh yeah it's going fine you know i'm gonna do the right thing for me but if I'm elected ASI president, I'll have to take the students' considerations mm-hmm. uh, to heart. And I won't back down when it comes to their interests. Then, Mark Borges, third year environmental management okay. protection major. And current chair of the board of directors. I think it's important for students to know that I recognize I don't have every perspective of every student at Cal Poly. You know, the social identities that I resonate with are not the social identities that other students have. Every student goes through a different experience at Cal Poly. I can speak from my experience as a white cisgender gay student on campus, but other students don't have that similar background and identity. And there are just so many students that because of social identities they hold feel marginalized on this campus. Henry Broback, second year communication studies major, marketing of the Cal Poly Dance Marathon. Resident Zumba class instructor at the rec. All right, well, hello. Uh, My name is Henry Broback, second year communication studies major. Uh, Running for ASI president on three pillars. Uh, One of them is going to be career readiness. Uh, second is going to be zero waste. So uh, right off the bat, my campaign uses no paper or plastic. And uh, through some of the initiatives other clubs have done, we'd like to partner with them and uh, move towards a plastic-free campus. And the last one is going to be a community oneness. You know, being a white male from the Midwest, I don't have all the perspectives So what I'd like to do is uh, form different task forces uh, with cultural groups, social groups, uh, you know, people that have something uh, on campus they feel may be under-supported so that we can figure out, you know, what makes them feel welcome, what makes them feel unwelcome, uh, so that we can expand on the things that are good is make it human.
first year journalism student at Cal Poly. Um, I think it's really great that he is a freshman running for president. He um, discusses with Paul and I in the beginning, or he, he initially discussed with Paul and I, his unique standpoint as a freshman at Cal Poly um, in his ability to serve the Associated Students and even proposes in holding office for multiple years. On climate change, what hope do you, you said you have, or have a policy plan? Well, I, I, I have points. I have um, definitely ideas for things that Cal Poly can do to become more sustainable and environmentally conscious. Um, First, starting with the students, um, I'd re really like to institute a residence hall compost program. I don't think that uh, compost is, or the, the ability to compost is available enough to students. Um, it's available in dining halls a little bit, but it's not really available in the residence hall. Um, and I think uh, going along with that, um, I noticed earlier this year there's a residence hall competition, at, le at least there was among the red bricks, um, to see who could consume the least energy wow. uh, in the first quarter. And I saw that and I was like, wow, you know, that's a really good idea. But it wasn't being publicized enough. I asked people around campus recently um, and around my dorm and they'd never heard of it. So I, I think that can be publicized, publicized a lot more. If we um, get the IHC and RAs involved and on board with this this idea, um, and then you know incorporate real prizes and incentives for residence halls to compete with each other, um, and use the least kilowatt uh, hours um, uh, in a quarter, use the least water, generate the most compost um, on a on a pound scale, I think that that'll have great benefits. Um, for the school. I think that's a great idea. One thing that Paul and I were talking to the zero waste coordinator here about is just that um, a lot of students either don't really care or just don't know how to separate. And so mm. um, I'm just wondering what that might look like um, with the dorm program then. Well, with the dorm program, um, I think IHC would have to maybe like have a hired employee that would, you know, do garbage. I mean, they, they already have people that, that do the garbage. Um, and maybe expanding somebody's responsibilities to also sorting the compost. And it, it can be as simple as that or just at the beginning of the year have the RAs do the speech about, wow, we're going to have this competition. And then here's what you should compost. Um, and making that straightforward at the beginning mm -hmm. um, to, to make it simple. And, you know, you know, put signs all over the residence hall to make it, you know, readily available um, so that students can see what should and shouldn't be composted. Has, has the climate change and has been this sort of, I don't know, not really new, but um, developing issue, has that been a, a part of your life ever before? Has that been something that you've been forced to address or not really in high school, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did my best to, you know, recycle and, you know, compost as much as I could. We, we did have a, a compost bin at my house. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
I worked at my high school garden and, uh, you know, set up rain barrels and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's, it's not, it's not really been a massive issue in my life, but I think, um, once, if, if I'm elected, I, I really do have to take it on, uh, and look into it, uh, things that Cal Poly can be doing to, um, do better. Yeah, absolutely. If you have an academic institution, you think that this is the place where, you know, all sorts of good, the best way to live would be, like, where is it that we can find, like, the best ideas for how to orient ourselves as a group of people. That's right. And, and you know, this is a, I don't know if this is technically a research university, but, I mean, we, we've got, you know, scientists all over the place. This is, a, this is an agricultural university. This is an engineering university. You know, those are all big, big um, components of, of, the, of the solution yeah. for, for climate change. And, um, you know. And what do you know about Cal Poly's response thus far? Um, I've seen uh, the straws. The straws. The straws. Yeah, the paper straws. Um, they, they are an annoyance, but every time you pick up a straw and it's a paper straw, you know, wow, I'm doing a great job. You know, that's that's not exactly how I feel, but um, I think it, it is a step in the right direction. I just I just don't think it's the right step. I think you could have done like utensils instead of a straw, right? Or like you know, wooden utensils or all reusable utensils like eight hundred five does. Yeah. The thing is, I represent the students. If if I were to be elected as ASI president, I would represent the students, mm -hmm. and. Near the top, if not at the top of the priority list, is campus dining for all students. Not just freshmen. Not just freshmen. I'm talking to everybody. This is the issue that's on their mind. The food kind of sucks. So, uh, and, and we have a great opportunity. Vista Grande is, is a great opportunity to change this sort of, wow, the food is like just barely acceptable. You know? Um, and it, it's also a great opportunity to continue and augment the sustainable practices that we already have yeah. in place. Food waste definitely is a place where that sort of... The compost, the compost ideas can be really implemented well. I mean, we're an agricultural school and compost can be easily reused as fertilizer and, and all that sort of stuff um, in the agricultural fields. And I think that, that that's an obvious uh, thing we should be doing. Next we have Mark Borges. He is the chair for the board of directors. He has also been in ASI for the past two years. He seems very experienced. Um, it seems realistic that someone with experience actually within ASI serve the presidential position because you know what to expect. Yeah, and he's looking into go into policymaking after college. Like that's what he's interested in continuing to pursue, so. That's good. So what did those sustainability initiatives look like this year that you, that you helped pass? Yeah, so we passed um, a resolution in the beginning of the year on the sustainability practices of campus dining. So hmm. for many experiences, or for the experience of many students, if they walk into the AV or other facilities on campus, there's no option like an 805 to have reusable dishware to get your food and then 
there's no there's not as much packaging waste and so the resolution that was written that passed through the board and i helped facilitate that process was um, sort of a, a stance that we as students really want increased options for reusable dishware decreased packaging really striving towards the university's zero waste goals the strategic plan which came out in the beginning of the year identified one of the campus goals as being becoming you know carbon neutral which is a big undertaking um, there's no, I think the, the strategic plan is drafted from 2018 to 2023. It's a living document, so it'll change. But um, I, I just think that parking and transportation is a huge area where we could improve sustainability. You know, I think our current infrastructure on campus doesn't curtail towards maybe that carbon neutral goal that we're trying to get to. Right. I know that in the master plan, sort of the university's goal and the way they're striving towards parking and transportation on campus is that you would park on the outskirts of campus and maybe shuttle in or somehow into the university so that there's less par traffic on campus and also hopefully an increased emphasis on alternative modes of transportation, increased bike infrastructure, um, which obviously at Cal Poly is a little bit more difficult because we are on such a hilly campus, um, but increasing and you know, I think student government has a big role in promoting alternative modes of transportation, increasing our resources for maybe it's you know bike lights or making more bike infrastructure parking things like that um th there's a lot that student government could do in that regard really hmm. well that's good yeah so like for example um some of the asi presidents in the past have pushed for more bike racks on campus and that was an initiative really that students voiced that concern so we now have more bike racks on campus. They've, they've done bike to school days. They've done giving out bike lights. There's lots of little things that we can do as students. Um, Jasmine currently, she chairs a committee between Cuesta College and the um, Cal Poly campus and the community, um, SCLC. And they that committee's role is to sort of make sure that we have a good city relationship with the rest of San Luis Obispo County. And one of their initiatives is to give out bike lights yeah. um, instead of giving out tickets. So mm -hmm. if a student is riding um, a bike at night and doesn't have a light, then they can give out a, um, a bike light instead of a ticket. So you've talked about some of the things you've been able to do over the past year to position the board of directors and mm -hmm. uh, chair of the board of directors. Um, what are some of those... Uh, what do some of those goals look like in in the next year? Should you should you be elected specifically regarding sustainability? And yeah, so in terms of sustainability on campus, there are so many individuals and groups working on sustainability. And I think where student government can play a role is working as the cohesive unit to funnel and channel a lot of these ideas and push towards as one united front towards our zero waste goals. Right. Um, we have university-wide committees working on sustainability, academic senate sustainability committees, um, clubs on campus, faculty members. I mean, my department specifically within the Natural Resource Environmental Science um, Department, what I always get sort of frustrated with is so many of my classes involve a project where you find a process that, that's happening at Cal Poly, you figure out a way to make it more sustainable, and then you write a paper on it. And the simple fact of the matter is that paper gets graded and then there's a new group of students the next quarter. Hmm. So I think if we are able to work with faculty members in promoting some of these projects that are low-hanging fruit, there's a lot of, I think, projects out there that we could create within, you know, 
a year. I don't think it's realistic to say that the ASI president could turn Cal Poly into a zero waste campus in one year. I think it's an ongoing conversation, but how are we making sure all units on campus are working towards this from a united front? This, the um, strategic plan was just passed in the beginning of this year. And I know a concern from a lot of students was the lack of mentioning of sustainability and sustainability goals and things like that. And so how do we ensure through that process that we are institutionalizing and writing into policy that we are committed to this issue? And that was something that the board did this year. The board of directors was write a resolution asking for increased language of sustainability within that document. So there's a lot of work to be done in that regard. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of sustainability, we there's always room to push alternative modes of transportation looking at different projects that reduce some of our single-use plastic on campus um, and, and other single-use materials. So the, the, there's a lot to be done, and I think it really starts with students and working with different student clubs and organizations and faculty members and how we're coming at this from a united front. On driving the campus, this is one of my biggest pet peeves as someone who's studying the sort of effects of climate change and what are the biggest contributors and all these things and what is the biggest difference that a, an individual can make. Students who are driving the campus who live, live less than one mile away and absolutely have the physical means to do so. Um, do you have any sort of policy ideas or um, possible plans or anything for these students who live ridiculously close to campus and are still getting in vehicles, clogging the streets, affecting the slow community, affecting the Cal Poly community, um, people who are walking to and from classes, now they're having to deal with an absurd amount of cars that just like it's acceptable to some degree if you live five miles away and you get it like biking 10 miles a day it's not for everyone mm -hmm. but you know the walk across the train tracks is not absurd <laughs> right and I, I, I so I've thought about this and there's I think there's a few ways that we can be creative um, one of the things that's happening for next year's our current SI president Jasmine Fashami's uh, been working on a campus mobile app and mm -hmm. so I'm one of the things that I've thought of that I think would be cool if we were to somehow implement, and obviously the app's new, so I'm not sure how the process would work, but is there a way we could create a function within the app that allows for students to figure out who ha has purchased a parking pass and are there ways that they can carpool onto campus instead of you and your five neighbors all have a parking pass and you're all driving to campus at the same time, it just doesn't necessarily make sense from right. a sustainability standpoint. Absolutely. So that's definitely something I think we can always, you know, try and push alternative modes of transportation to students, you know, encouraging them to maybe it's purchase a bike at the Cal Poly Police Department bike auction, um, which most bikes go for pretty cheap there. Um, or how, you know, how we can students want to have their own bike auction or, or something to where we can push that onto students as well. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of issues that go into it. I mean, even from just a parking on campus standpoint, there's our space is limited. We really need to start looking at the way that transportation happens on this campus, because, uh, you know, if we are hoping to increase enrollment at all on campus, once we have the space to do so, you know, those are conversations that need to be had. Next, we have the charming From somewhere outside of Minneapolis. 30 minutes outside of Minneapolis. In, out of 
That's in Minnesota for uh, those of you Californians. <laughs> he offers an out-of-state perspective for the presidential position. Um, and a... Uh, a perspective that's very based on what he studies, which is communication. How can we, how can we bolster the the way that the way that different bodies on Cal Poly's campus communicates with one another? How can we centralize information? How can we get in touch with the concerns that people have and and have those voiced in in every place that those need to be voiced? So, um, on that, what, what, do you, what do you think makes you different from the other candidates? Uh, it sounds like you have some very structured plans that I, I think uh, sets you apart a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that out-of-state uh, mm -hmm. perspective definitely is uh, a big part of what sets me apart. Uh, you know, you're going to see that um, the tuition for an out-of-state student is approaching $40,000 a year. Wow. And so, you know, that's... So much money. Yeah, yeah, so it's, uh, it's <laughs> pretty heavily, you know, impactful for uh, getting people from out of state to come to Cal Poly. I'm just curious, so one of your pillars is zero waste, and so yeah. I was wondering um, what in you, like, have you always had an environmentally sustainable conscience, or like, have you... Did you develop that when you came to Cal Poly from the Midwest? Or what sort of importance did that play in your life? Yeah, absolutely. It started with, uh, you know, when uh, some of the K-12 education uh, committees looked at, you know, composting for the first time and uh, finding alternatives to, like, plastic. Mm -hmm. And so... Finding your hometown? Yes. Yep. Okay, wow. Because I don't really consider, when I think of the Midwest, I don't right. stereotypically think that it's a very sustainably-minded area. Right. Like, would, you, would you disagree? Uh, you know, I would think that the, the stereotype, even I thought that, but uh, <laughs> what was cool about what uh, Minnesota did in my school district is uh, they created a more environmentally friendly alternative that also helped our local economy. So it was corn-based uh, silverware, and that mm. you know gave uh, some of the agriculture areas around a boost because uh, they were the ones that were yeah. providing it uh, locally. Yeah, I hadn't thought about economically what that shift would. Right, right. Yeah, no. You'd usually think you know to be uh, environmentally friendly, you have to spend a lot of money on making changes, but. If you can make those changes work in a way that helps the local economy, then you know the people that are usually opposed to it mm -hmm. all of a sudden have no reason to be. You know, if I look back, I want to be on the right side of history. Of uh, you know, I was one of the people that advocated for change rather than uh, the status quo of you know continuing to do plastic and everything. And uh, you know, when I started my campaign. Uh, I got actually a, 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 a kind of a survey from Green Campus on mm -hmm. Cal Poly, uh, and they said, you know, what are you doing in your campaign uh, to be green? And this was, uh, you know, at the point when I was about to release some of the marketing material, uh, but I hadn't bought it yet. And I thought, you know, that uh, that is a great question. You know, it, we look at on campus what is and isn't sustainable and 
you know, you look at, there are, I want to say around 50 candidates running for things in ASI. And if they do an average of, you know, 50 to 100 flyers each, that can be thousands of pieces of paper with plastic over them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just, that's not sustainable. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, is going to be, there's a, a campaign called Bye Bye Bottle uh, that Green <laughs> Campus is doing. And uh, they are in contact with Coca-Cola uh, because they supply all of our drinks on campus and they have all plastic bottles. And so Green Campus wants to see if they can do something like glass bottles or just any alternative to plastic because we're, we're producing tons of right. waste every Tin year. Tin cans are great. Right. They repurposed quite easily in a recycling. Right, right. Or even, you know, just more stations like fountain drink stations where you can fill up your hydro flask or something and, you know, a system where maybe you could pay for that uh, if you yeah. wanted a different drink. But, um, you know, that was one of the things I just learned about speaking with them the other day. And... Uh, with Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. And they said, you know, we've started the talks, it's great, but we don't have the exposure we need. And so, uh, you know, as ASI president, what I'd like to do is, uh, I have ideas for what I think would be great. Um, my personal ideas were uh, switching our silverware to something that is more sustainable, like corn or soy based, uh, and then looking at the things that Cal Poly produces, uh, like our cheeses and our meats and all of those things, all come packaged in plastic. When you go to a grocery store, some of that stuff is packaged in wax paper, that, uh, some of it's compostable. Uh, you know, there are alternatives that sometimes can even make the product better. Right. And so what can we do uh, by t speaking with clubs and what they've already uh, looked at and already created initiatives around? Uh, I think a bigger part of my campaign after speaking with them is going to be empowering them to continue work that they've already done. Yeah, so I, we mentioned this before we started, but you're looking at having a physical center on campus that is dedicated to zero waste commitments? Yeah, so in speaking with uh, those different groups that are, uh, have these initiatives, they said what we need is a physical space. And so ASI um, has something called an e-plan where you fill it out and if you have a club or organization, uh, you know, you fill that out and uh, you can get a space on campus. But ASI has priority on those since it, you know, runs the e-plan. So, uh, you know, once a week, it wouldn't be too tricky to, in the hundreds of rooms that are available on campus, say, you know, this is a priority for this year. Hmm. Uh, and so we are going to give this space to not just Green Campus, but the other uh, groups that are working on environmental change on campus where they can all meet together and uh, you know collaborate so that their projects are kind of moving towards the same goal uh, they said one problem is they're not always in contact with other groups on campus because they don't have a space to meet even if they have a time hmm. uh, and so you know, giving them that resource i think would help everybody in kind of streamlining what they want to do uh, 
you know, a lot of our power comes from either nuclear or, uh, you know, things that release, uh, if it's not nuclear, things that release incredible amounts of CO2 into the air. Mm -hmm. And so transportation is another huge source of that. Uh, and we're in a weird position right now where the bus system isn't completely adequate, you know, running every hour on the hour. If you have, you know, a meeting downtown or something in the hothouse for your entrepreneurship project, you kind of need a car right now because there's not enough public transportation to get you down where you need to be in time. Mm -hmm. uh, but there has also been a shift away from allowing parking on campus where you're going to see, uh, you know, where there used to be a parking lot, there's now a new residence hall, the Yakitutu complex. And so it's getting harder to actually either be on or leave campus. Uh, and, you know, I would like to see, uh, you know, ASI does work on the bus contract, you know, see, can we get more bus routes that run through Cal Poly uh, and increase the public transportation? Uh, in the same kind of area, we have escort vans that run on campus after 6 p.m. You know, could we have those run a certain radius off campus so that people, you know, that have, you know, studying to do late in the night or something don't have to drive because they know they have a safe way to get home. Uh, right now, there isn't necessarily that option. Uh, so looking at is it feasible to provide that would be another huge way to move away from everyone having individual cars mm -hmm. uh, needed and that could be another factor in lowering our carbon footprint. Totally. Yeah, I was just talking to someone from Green Campus and they were saying how, um, how much transportation contributes to carbon emissions on campus. I believe yeah. it's like, that's 50% of, that's like the biggest issue that CP Green Campus, I think, is trying to tackle right now. It's just transportation issues because you have this divide of students are really upset that there's no parking on campus, right. but having no parking does encourage people to use the bus system more or ride a bike. And right. you have students driving to campus that live less than a mile away. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Get out of your car. Right. <laughs> It often, it often feels like the economy and response to climate change are at opposition with one another. Yes. We either, we follow a growth mindset and say everything has to be up and to the left, up and to the right. Um, development, furthering GDPs, growth, um, making, making end of quarter numbers bigger and bigger every time. And uh, responses to climate change often are they seem like oppositional to that where it's like oh well like if we are responding to climate change we cannot grow and i mean a lot of countries have adopted that and they've been very successful continually france a lot of their like more climate based um, climate change based responses are in a what's a degrowth mindset um, and they've been they've been successful um, but in the us that is not a narrative that is successful in like persuading people to, to to take on issues of climate change but what is successful is saying like hey like climate change and and the economy are not at opposition with one another we can have responses to environmental change and reducing waste 
that are also good for um, for growth and for economy and mm. for people's paychecks. The issue of transportation. This was a theme that came up uh, a few times, and I th- we thought we would dig into what what the statistics are regarding emissions uh, on transportation in the U.S. And so from the EPA, um, of in 2016, uh, emissions by sector, uh, transportation was tied for the plurality uh, of emissions, of highest emissions by sector. Transportation was 28%, tied with electricity, also 28%. Then we had industry at 22%, and then agricultural, agriculture, commercial, and then residential. And then of transportation sector emissions in 2016 by source, 60% was from light-duty vehicles. That's you and me driving our Subis and our Toyotas and all our nonsense around. And so the issue of driving a campus actually is pertinent when it comes to how we break down emissions in the country. Absolutely. Also on the sustainability page um, in the Cal Poly Administration and Finance section of their website, um, they have a whole section on transportation. And as this is also mentioned in the recent Cal Poly Sustainability Report that just went out. First sentence is, the greatest challenge Cal Poly faces on its path to carbon neutrality is transforming the way commuters get to campus, as commuting accounts for nearly half of total campus carbon emissions. And it goes deeper into details about um, the growth of the use of bikes to... to um, commute to campus as well as the increase in um, bus and the decrease in parking permits yes so from 2005 and 6 to the 2018 academic year Mm -hmm. we had a decrease of 30 percent of the student body to 19 percent of the student body uh, who had parking permits Mm -hmm. a lot of that could be due to them removing the ability for freshmen to have cars on campus but regardless, that's a that's a ten percent yeah. that's a ten percent decrease over thirteen years mm-hmm. uh, with people driving to school or people having better way to demonstrate that statistic is people who have cars on campus, not necessarily people who are driving to yeah. school. And you don't really realize that those small commutes in your car are the ones that are really damaging to I mean the local emissions within. Oh, absolutely. Because like that's the cr- that's that's when your car is getting the worst gas mileage. Yeah. It's when you're driving like, you know, the 10, 20, 30 miles an hour range. Mm-hmm. You're getting if you see it on your dashboard, drive, drive that's in. where you have your, you know, 5 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Drive driving um to Cali Fresh and back. Yeah. Driving to campus and back, driving to the library and back, you know. And these are the things that we don't really think about because it's just it's convenient. convenient so much easier and you know it seems more enjoyable you get to sit in your warm car listen to your music right but have you ever enjoyed the fresh air on your face if you are if you are physically able this is <laughs> certainly a question if you're physically unable to drive to campus or physically unable to bike or walk to campus absolutely please drive to campus mm-hmm. we don't want you to do anything else but if you're physically able there's nothing better than biking to school with your friends. Yeah, it's a good time. Few other joys. Get to feel like kids and stranger things. Exactly.
before these interviews, I, I actually didn't really know what the role of the ASI president was. And so Paul and I learned that the ASI president serves as a voice for the student body. They represent um, Cal Poly students' needs and desires, um, their values, what they want, um, both as a student on the Cal Poly campus and within the greater San Luis Obispo community. And hearing Mark talk about this, um, about the things that Jasmine has been doing um, as ASI president and also examples of what past ASI presidents have done, like with um, bike racks, um, I think it just goes to show how he already knows the expectations of this role. So there you have it. Three candidates on their perspectives of sustainability. Um, what should I say it differently? No, that's it's exactly what we just heard. It is. <laughs> um, there's also a Mustang News article that delves deeper into their values on other topics um, surrounding Cal Poly and some of their um, other initiatives. And so I encourage you to look that up if you're interested in more information about the ASI candidates. But you did get to hear their voices and hear them talk about how they like to make the campus sustainable. And I hope that we made them a little bit more human to all of you rather than just these pictures or these names you might have seen on your Cal Poly portal. What was the funnest thing you learned about Alex? Oh, we learned that Alex was in four plays. Five. Five. And Five he showed us his accent from, what was the character? Uh, Bill Sykes from Oliver Twist. Yeah. Who's he apparently had, the bad He had guy. a great impression or a great, great um, accent that he used. Um, and from Mark? I learned he grew up 20 minutes from a target, so that's fun. He's a rural cowboy. He's not much of a cowboy, but he's from cowboy country. So that's great. Uh, and then Henry's a Midwestern Minneapolis dwelling, composting, Zumba, Zumba instructor. Zumba instructor. <laughs> Who would have guessed it? So we got some characters on our hands. We really do. And so all of, also all of them are great individuals. Um, I mean, I don't know that. Okay. Okay. I had a 30-minute conversation with each of them. Yeah, that's true. I guess we don't know them in full, but from the 30 minutes with them, I mean, I had a pleasant time. Yeah. Voting for ASI presidential election is through your portal uh, on April 24th and 25th on either day. You just go on in there, and there will be a link on that main page where you see all the nonsense for the poly learns and the quizzes you haven't been taking and the past that you're going to have to look at to register for your corporate finance class over the summer and the library books that you have due you just do it right there in the cal poly experience the reminder that you get literally every time you visit maybe you just do it and you won't get that reminder anymore this episode has been hosted by me paul gill smith and myself daniel davis uh, our music theme song as always was brought to you by austin gandler uh, and accompany music also now brought to you by nikki gurney we'd like to thank our our interviewees uh, alex byers mark borges and henry broke great individuals um 
This is making you.